Welcome to the So Powerful Podcast. This is your host, Jan Cancilla. You know the sound of my sewing machine means it's time for another episode. So let's get started. Hello, So Powerful Podcast listeners. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Tori Elwell. Tori is a longtime So Powerful volunteer. She has a very interesting service record with So Powerful, but what we really know Tori for is her heart for Africa, and you're going to learn some amazing facts and what her passion is there. Now, if you happen to be in a meeting with Tori, just pause and sit back and let Tori ask the questions because she asks the most thoughtful, insightful, and big picture questions. It's just always a pleasure to be around Tori. So I'm going to share her with you today and we're going to get on with it. So let's start off. um, Where are you today? Where are you talking to us from? I am at home in San Jose, California, which is Silicon Valley, just sort of south of San Francisco. All right. And what's your weather like there today? I would say it's cold, but the rest of you would probably say it's perfect. It's beautiful, probably about 60 degrees out here. Oh, all right. Okay. Well, you're warmer than we are right now in (laughs) Houston, Texas. We have a lot of wind today. Where did you grow up? Tori, have you always lived in the San Jose area? I was born in New York and kind of crisscrossed the country with my dad's job. But by the time I was nine or 10, we landed in San Jose. So I'm almost a native. Probably not many people can say that. (laughs) And so when you grew up, did you have siblings or are you an only child? I have an older brother and that's it. So small family, just my mom and my brother and I. So... Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. So let's talk a little bit about your hobbies and interests. And honestly, I thought you had a hobby, but it turns out it's your husband's hobby. (laughs) (laughs) I I really like this hobby, but um, tell us about your hobbies. And then I want to talk about your husband's hobby. Okay. If left to my own devices, I would like to sew. uh, I do machine embroidery, quilting, things like that. I'm a little bit of a squirrel. I get distracted easily. So when I think about sewing and quilting, I like to do kind of one day projects. You remember when Quilt in a Day came out? I don't know, the 80s maybe. I love that because I I really want to finish something right away and move on. I I think I share that with you. Okay. Not that it has anything to do with So Powerful, (laughs) but I just find this so fascinating. Tell us about your husband's hobby. So my my husband is a retired high school teacher, and he bought a Glowforge laser cutter when he retired. It was kind of his retirement present. And so it it cuts wood. You've probably seen the laser engravings and things like that. It's pretty fascinating. It's his hobby, but he said to me, he didn't realize that it would take so much of my time for his hobby because (laughs) he has a small business, but I do all the painting for his cutting. So seems to take more time than I would like to have, but it's fun. He and, enjoys and so it. So what, what is it that you're painting that he's cutting? What, what is he um, making? You know, a little, like if you have a tiered tray, those are popular little like Easter designs or keychains, or he's made a couple really beautiful wooden quilts, squares that are about 14 inches square, uh, made out of different shapes and types of wood. Christmas ornaments are super popular. Mm -hmm. So things like that. My daughter-in-law uses him to cut acrylic 
cookie cutter molds oh. uh, that she sells for her cookie business. So things like that. Wow. Well, that's very cool. Every now and then those ads pop up in my YouTube feed and I'm always so fascinated to see it. And then when I found out I knew somebody who had one, I was super excited to hear that. Tori, you're retired now yourself. Is that right? What, right? what was your career before retirement? I worked in human resources. As I mentioned, I'm in the Silicon Valley area. So a number of high-tech companies here, but I was a human resource business partner for uh, several businesses here. So I still do volunteer HR for several organizations, but just on a really small scale. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, that sounds like that was good preparation for some of the volunteer work that you do now. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. It helps to be able to work with different people with different backgrounds and ideas and you know, try to understand people from all walks of life. As an HR person, you've probably heard it all, heard it all. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about So Powerful now. How did you first hear about So Powerful? Take us back there. Well, you mentioned I do some work in Africa. My husband and I are involved in ministry in Ethiopia, in East Africa. We have a school there with about 700 students. And when we started, we started with one class of kindergarten kids and grew each year, added another class. So, so little kids are one thing, but pretty soon we had fourth grade girls, fifth grade girls, and we realized that they were going to have needs as far as their menstrual health. And the school is in a really rural community about two hours off the paved road. So there's no supplies. And of course, there's taboos about having your period and what you can do and going to school. So a few years before I discovered So Powerful, we had tried to come up with solutions for that problem. And so I was always searching the internet for good ideas, ways to help the girls and came across So Powerful. So it really spoke to me when I saw what Jason and Cinnamon were doing in Zambia. And so how do the girls in your school, the school that you support in Ethiopia, how do they manage their menstrual health? What, what did you come up with for them? Well, prior to us working on solutions, they used rags and leaves and didn't go to school. But similar to Zambia, although the Zambia program is more urban than we are. What we found is Africads, which is a company in Uganda, and was able to import their product. They make a sanitary pad and they have a wonderful bottle where they empower local women to be sales representatives for their product. So my first time importing them, it worked really well. It was necessary, but it was really expensive. So I ended up continuing to look. I made pads for a while, but you know that becomes kind of overwhelming with 25 girls in every grade. And I eventually found a vendor in Ethiopia, a lady who, who you did a podcast with a few months ago, Frey Winnie, who has a factory where she manufactures reusable sanitary pads. And so I, I was able to buy them from her and I've been able to continue to buy them from her for the duration. Oh, that's great. And so it was through your research for your school in Ethiopia that you came across So Powerful, right? That's right. That's right. And do you remember when was that? It's probably about 2014, I would mm -hmm. think, maybe mm -hmm. 2015. Mm -hmm. It's been a while. 
Yeah, but sort of right when they were starting the PURSE program, right? Yes, at the beginning yeah, of right that. at the beginning. I think they had just come out with the second PURSE. Uh, I think Cinnamon's first PURSE was really tiny, and mm -hmm. they came out with the second one. So yeah, yeah. That, that got me excited because that first PURSE was kind of a bear for me to sell. I, I didn't have those kinds of skills. So in 2016, as I understand it, you were in Ethiopia, but you joined the Zambian trip from So Powerful by just flying across Africa, right? I did. Yeah, I think they had originally scheduled that trip for earlier in the year, but then for some reason they rescheduled it to the summer. And every year, my husband and I are in Ethiopia probably four or five times a year. And we had finished a vacation Bible school program. And then a week later, Jason and Cinnamon and the team would be down in Zambia. So I asked permission and they graciously allowed me to, to come down and meet them in Zambia. So I had a week in between where I actually took a bus down to see Victoria Falls in the Livingstone area and came back up to meet them when they landed in Zambia a week later. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Do you recall what other So Powerful volunteers were on that trip back in 2016? Yeah, some wonderful people. I just had so much fun meeting, in addition to Jason and Cinnamon. Christina Porter was there, Kathy Simonson, Irene Shirley was there. I got to spend a week with Shirley, so that was really a blessing. And another family with some lovely children who really were delightful with the kids who were kind of their own age as well. So it was a great trip. And honestly, meeting Esther and being able to sit with her and listen to her heart was so motivational. It was really a joy to be on that trip. Oh, that's so cool. So what were some of the activities during that time that you were there in Zambia with So Powerful? You know, I think it was the first day. It was incredibly moving. We were in the courtyard and we were able to help serve lunch. And when I say lunch, it was sort of a coffee cup full of porridge, corn porridge. And it was so moving because the kids would eat some of it but then they all had a plastic container and they would put a lot of it into this plastic container and bring it home because it was their only food so you know you can imagine how devastating that felt but we got to spend time with the seamstresses we were cutting and folding and we actually got to bring those big cam snap machines and teach the ladies how to use the cam snaps on the sanitary pads. So that was so much fun. We got to go out to Three Esther's farm and we actually plant some of the first fruit trees there. We really tried to participate by planting and we got to walk the land with Esther and it was just every day was super motivational. I just loved it. I loved every minute there. Oh, that's great. Well, and didn't Shirley introduce the knitting machine on that trip? She didn't exactly introduce it, but they had a knitting machine. And I think that she had had experience. And so they allowed her to try the knitting machine. And the back of the sweater, I think, says Needs Care School. And so she was the one that got to make a back panel for the sweater. So it was really fun to to see that and just hang out with the women and just enjoy being together. Wow. Well, th that sounds great. And so having been in Zambia, have you gone back or was that your only trip to Zambia so far? That was my only trip to Zambia. Yeah. I'd, and we'll say, we'll say so far. We'll say so, so far. far. <laughs>
What parallels do you see in the Nombe compound, which is, I guess, where you were when you were in Zambia, and the work that you're doing in Ethiopia? What parallels do you see there, Tori? You know, there's a lot that's similar in that the girls are the same. They want education. They want to better themselves. They love learning. And not just the girls, but the boys as well. And so having that opportunity for the children to be able to attend school is amazing. You know, we don't realize how blessed we are sometimes. Going to school is a privilege. If you don't have a uniform, you're not allowed to go to school. And so the work that they do there at the needs care school is, is a huge blessing. The needs for girls for their sanitary supplies is the same everywhere. So being able to provide those gives them an extra week of school. And we see in Ethiopia, what we've seen in Zambia, that the grades are better, the girls stay in school longer, and the outcomes ultimately are better. You know, I've seen some statistics where the girls that are participating with So Powerful have a much higher graduation rate at seventh grade. But what was interesting to me was it seemed to pull the boys along as well. It just seemed to improve everyone's schooling when I presume like the whole family, the cousins, the siblings, and everybody is able to go to school. It helps prioritize that. It's my assumption, right? Yeah, absolutely. The boys are as involved as the girls for, for us in Ethiopia. It, it's not shameful. It kind of pulls it out of the dark. And the boys are willing to support the girls in their needs. And so I think for that alone, it's just a huge step forward because culturally it's not something they talk about typically, mm -hmm. or, you know, men would never be caught dead kind of like here sometimes. Well, right. You wouldn't be caught dead talking about it. So it's been a huge step forward and we've seen our girls stay in school it's part of a multi-pronged program with us where we talk about early marriage. There's a real problem of early marriage in some countries, including Ethiopia. And we talk about achievement and hopes and dreams and girls get to have those hopes and dreams beyond maybe a fourth grade education if they can stay in school. And does that resonate with the girls? I mean, because that has to be different than what they've heard up until you talk to them, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think for us, it's a little different in Ethiopia too, because we're extremely rural. There's very few outcomes. You know, you're either a farmer or a fisherman. And so girls get married young. They're expected to have children very young. But, but having an education, reading a book, seeing that there are opportunities outside of that, it opens their eyes. And, you know, now, like I said, we started with one class of 50 kindergartners, we just had our first four university graduates this past year. Oh. I've got 36 kids in university. Two of them are in medical school. You know, I'm just overwhelmed with the opportunities that both the girls and the boys have. And we see what's gone on so far. So it's a huge blessing. Now, being in that rural location, do they have access to television, social media, internet, any of those kinds of things? No, there's no electricity. There's no running water. We were able to install a, a well for the village probably about eight years ago. And so we have a deep water well that serves 3,500 families there. But 
recently, some of the older people have smartphones and things, but it's a solar charger kind of a thing. If you don't have a generator, you don't have electricity. Mm-hmm. So leaving the community to go to a university or something is, is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you see as the future of that community? I mean, do you expect that electricity will be brought in for them and will it change? It sounds like they're somewhat isolated there and sort of insular, I guess, among themselves, right? Yeah, because it's so rural, it's it's hard to imagine. You know, money changes everything. So electricity is about $10,000 a kilometer. We're probably 10 to 12 kilometers away from electricity. So it's a big investment. I, I don't see it happening very soon, but it but it'll happen someday. And honestly, their lifestyle is very self-sufficient and they appreciate the changes and they look for good outcomes, but not having electricity really doesn't hold them back, you know, to, mm-hmm. to a degree that you would imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Well, it sounds like it's really gratifying work. And let's sort of circle back a little bit, because while you're doing this volunteer work for Ethiopia, you're also at the same time wearing some hats for So Powerful. Talk about some ways that you've volunteered for So Powerful. Yeah, I like to sew purses. Like I said, I'm a quilt in a day, so I like to sew the easy, the beginner purse mostly. I really like to sew sort of assembly line style, which I think a lot of people don't like to do. They maybe like to do one at a time, but if I can bang out 10 flaps and have them sitting ready, then I really like to do that. I know you ask everybody about whether you make straps or do the webbing. I definitely am webbing. I don't have patience to do those straps sometimes. Let's see. I help moderate the monthly YouTube. So if you see the typing on the YouTube, that's me in the background trying to type furiously and say thank you to everybody that that Jason and Cinnamon and Dana can uh, announce their purses. So that's really fun. I love seeing all the purses and the purse cam there. You served as a regional coordinator in the past, right? I did. I was regional coordinator and now regional chapter manager for four Western states, California, Nevada, Arizona, and Utah. So so that's a new role. I'm really excited. I love the chapter idea. I haven't found a lot of sewists here in the Bay Area. I think everybody's, I don't know, too busy working or something maybe i don't know but i'm always hopeful to find local people who maybe want to start a chapter here and in the meantime be able to support people in the other in the other states as well well you have arizona and arizona has two or three active chapters there so maybe it'll work its way further west (laughs) as time goes on as people hear about all of those yeah so you're the region two chapters manager so we're excited that You transitioned from that role that we no longer have because of our big focus now on chapters. You know, as we record this at this very hour, we have a booth in Phoenix at QuiltCon and more and more people are hearing about So Powerful today. If somebody's thinking about joining, maybe if you could share what appeals to you about So Powerful, what would you advise somebody who's thinking about volunteering with us? You know, there's so many things to love about So Powerful, but I think what motivates me the most is what I see in the leadership. 
And maybe this is my HR background where I want to know what's going on in the top levels of an organization to be able to support it. When I was in Zambia, and since then, what I see is that So Powerful allows the local Zambian people to be experts in what they need and how they run the organization there. They're definitely supported by the board and Jason and Cinnamon, but Esther is an equal, you know, and we see that sometimes with ministries where we think, you know, we're so smart, we can run everything and we can tell you what you need. And the truth is we can't, we're not there. We don't understand the culture, the language, the social compound of the location. So the experts are on the ground in Zambia and knowing that they have a voice and drive the ministry and the results as much as the board and Jason and Cinnamon really appeals to me. So from that perspective, I really like it as an organization, but you know, if I was asking people if they wanted to join So Powerful, I would say as a seamstress, I want what I do to matter for something. And what I see is when I make a purse, it makes a difference in a girl's life. It allows that girl, she might be 12 or 14 or whatever, she can stay in school and she can go to school four weeks out of four weeks. And that to me is a huge motivation. It means her grades will be better. It means she won't marry as young as typical. It means she'll have a higher lifetime income as she pursues her education going forward. And I love that. I want what I do to matter in the long term. And it's a tiny thing. It's one purse, it's 10 purses, whatever. But I like to imagine a girl who is able to to sit in a classroom today because of what all our seamstresses across the world are doing. And that really is a huge motivational factor for me. Corey, I don't think anybody could have ever said that better. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you, getting to know you a little bit better. And as always, very, very insightful comments from you. So have a great day and we will talk to you soon. Thank you, Jan. I appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. If what you've heard today inspires you to want to make a difference, I urge you to explore the So Powerful website at www.sopowerful.org. That's S-E-W-P-O-W-E-R-F-U-L dot O-R-G. The website has great information about the organization. It's where you can download the free purse patterns or even make a donation. We hope you will join us again next week when we bring you another So Powerful story. Thanks for listening. Now go out and have a so powerful day.